Welcome to the Business of Dairy podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Carter, Development Officer with the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries Dairy Team. Each month, I speak with industry people generous enough to share their stories, knowledge and skills with us to help you in the increasingly complex area of farm business management. This month, I chat with Justin Walsh, who operates a dairy business with his wife and family on the New South Wales South Coast. We talk about their business structure, its resources and goals, and how they monitor and measure their performance annually using their Dairy Farm Monitor report. Justin also mentions the importance of getting the daily decisions right and how he measures this, as these decisions ultimately drive the performance of the business across the year. Welcome, Justin. Uh, You've developed quite a high profile in the New South Wales dairy industry over the last few years, particularly with your uh, successful journey as as a focus farm with Dairy New South Wales a few years ago and also last year with your presentation at the Dairy Research Foundation Symposium. Over your two-year period as the focus farm, you're able to make adjustments to your farm that saw your operating profit or EBIT improve dramatically, um, which was quite incredible given the, the seasonal conditions that were impacting businesses at that time. Can you just briefly describe your business to the listeners, uh, sort of its structure and also the type of dairy system you're operating and some of your business goals? So, hi, Sheena, firstly. The structure of the business is that we lease the majority of the farm from my parents. When I say we, I mean my wife and I. And we're currently milking 280 cows. It's a mixture of, uh, I guess, primarily Holsteins, but some others, other crossbreds and things as well. And it's a predominantly pasture-based system, and we feed a, a relatively high level of grain in the dairy, either homegrown fodder or or hay when we need to. And, and that system really dictates our goals in terms of where we want to sit. And that's a system that we think should work well for us because we're in a relatively high rainfall area and, and we can grow pasture all year round. So that system suits our farm as far as we understand. Okay, great. Now, uh, broadly, some of what are some of the broad goals in the, in the business? Broadly speaking, our goal is to have a highly profitable and resilient business. And so that's quite a broad goal, obviously. And so what that means is we'd like to be achieving, you know, in excess of a $2 EBIT per kilo of milk solids uh, every year. And, and if we can do that over, you know, successive years, we, that'll build, you know, financial resilience within the business, which in turn should help us uh, de-risk the business as well while maintaining profitability long-term. And, and so our major decisions are really based around maintaining that goal or, or, or striving towards that goal or things that will help us achieve that. Great. Um, now, I think part of this podcast is talking about uh, how you measure, measure and monitor this business performance over time. It's all very well to to talk about broad goals, but you need to be able to to measure that. And for the listeners, I guess, you know, you're part of the Dairy Farm Monitor Project, which uh, for those that don't know, the Dairy Farm Monitor Project is a, a national one that's run in Australia. In New South Wales, it's in partnership between New South Wales DPI and Dairy Australia. And it gives 
broadly industry and understanding of how the dairy farmers in the program have performed within a financial year, but more importantly for the participating farms who are anonymous unless they choose to identify themselves, it gives you a good understanding on on your physical and financial performance over time. Can you tell me how do you use the information in those reports uh, as you get them coming in? So the Dairy Farm Monitor Project in itself, I feel, is incredibly valuable. And and so that's why, you know, I um, am happy to contribute to it. I also get a lot out of it too. And so broadly speaking, there's some high-level things that that we're looking for in those reports that we get back out, which is, you know, uh, return on assets, manage our cost of production, our EBIT per kilo, milk solids, in terms of financial performance. And, and then also, you know, it gives you some very detailed reporting on, you know, some physical performance indicators such as cow efficiency, home-grown feed, the diet. And then also the further you dig down into it, the more you can get um, hone in on particular areas that you may uh, need to improve on or might not be operating as well as you'd like relative to other farms and and, the, and it's the relativity to other farms that's really critical because generally speaking they're, they're facing similar conditions within a year and then so you can look at how you responded to those you know external factors let's say and and what results were and then going forward though when if you can build up several years of information it's just invaluable to see how your business is tracking because you know, like anything, it's it can, a snapshot. A snapshot is one thing, but if you can see progress in either direction over time, it can be incredibly meaningful going forward to make decisions. Yes, and we'll we'll look at some of your numbers and how you've tracked that journey of the business over the years a bit later in the, the podcast. And also for those listeners, I mean, some of the terminology that we might be talking about might be new or, or unfamiliar, but there's certainly resources through various training programs such as those with Dairy Australia and other consultants to help you understand what we're talking about. Um, and I think also just talking about, you know, looking at your farm's results over the years. It's, we must point out that it's very important to context that with the conditions that you are operating in, you know, whether it's uh, price volatility or seasonal volatility. Um, I think you know, businesses are facing much more frequent volatility than what they used to in the past. There's always been volatility, but it comes around more frequently and seems to be more extreme. So we need to context our numbers with uh, the conditions that we're operating in as well. So we'll talk about some of your numbers specifically in a moment. What are some of the other tools that you use in your business apart from your uh, Dairy Farm Monitor report, some of those business calculations that you do? So during the course of the year, because Dairy Farm Monitor is a sort of end of financial year wrap up of it's really a, it's really the outcome of the of the decisions you've made throughout the year, and so we use some handy sort of you know little tools throughout the year to help us make those decisions to try and get each day right, so that if we can focus on getting today right and tomorrow right and the next day right, that at the end of the year we should be in a position to have done as well as we could have, and so things like. Um, we look at our mar- uh, margin over supplementary feed costs. We use a, the milk price to grain price ratio to, to help us determine the level of grain that is appropriate to feed at the time. 
We also look at, uh, we use a, a, a daily operating position sheet, which was developed through our focus farm, which uh, we've continued on with. And so what that is, it's really a combination of all the things I just mentioned in, in it, and it gives you a good snapshot of, you know, where the business is performing, you know, today, let's say. And, and you can, and we sort of do one of those either monthly or if we make a significant change to our operating position, be it the introduction of a different fodder or something like that, or we change the grain levels. And then we'll, we might review that when we need to, but at, at the very least monthly. And that sort of leads into the you know, the DFMP or DFM monitor data at the end as a result of all of that. A little uh, rule of thumb is on our farm, if we're milking 280 cows, well, a $1 per day increase in our margin over supplementary feed costs works out to be $100,000 a year. So it's an important little thing to keep in mind that small changes, if you repeat it over time, over the year, make add up to a lot in the end. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's. Very interesting, and you've obviously um, looked at that that detail related specifically to your business, which means that you have a really good understanding of, of what you're targeting. When you're looking or targeting a margin over your supplementary feed cost, how do you determine um, what that target figure is for the business? Well, on our farm, we know that if we are t- we're targeting a ten dollar margin over supplementary feed cost per day, so. Um, obviously, that's not always achievable because, as we mentioned before, you've got to context this. If you know in drought and flood and extreme weather events, you might have to accept that you aren't going to have a ten dollar a much you know supplementary feed cost, but you need to have that as your goal. So, and we know that a ten dollar margin over supplementary feed costs on our farm should equate to about a two dollar EBIT at the end of the year. In our that that's a very generalised statement, obviously, but. Unless we're achieving that, a $2 EBIT at the end of the year is very hard to achieve. So it's sort of linking the daily position to the end of year position because the end of year position is not a, not a fluke. It's a, it's a result of what you've done on a daily basis in the year leading up to that. So we don't necessarily want surprises at the end of the year. We want to take control today mm. to dictate where, where we're going to finish at the end of the year as much as possible. Yeah, and I think, you know, you've made the, the comment earlier that um, an annual farm report is annual. Uh, you can't change those decisions once you've got the results in at the end of the year. So it is really important that you're monitoring that farm position on a, on a daily basis. And I think often people will have a gut sense about how they're going, but sometimes it's really important to actually test that and see that you really are on track and heading in the right direction because you need to be able to pivot and make quick adjustments where you can if things are starting to head in the wrong direction. And I guess, you know, we, we've also got for farmers that are interested in service providers, there is the Tokal Dairy Monthly Report where we do a similar thing to what Justin's talking about. We've got our margin over supplementary feed cost uh, and various other, you know, monitoring of farm performance throughout the month and on a daily basis that people can um, view online and and have a look and start to generate some of these figures themselves for their own businesses. If you're happy to, Justin, we might jump into looking at some of your numbers uh, across the years in Farm Monitor and also for people that aren't in Farm Monitor, um, Dairy Base generates exactly the same information 
uh, which is an online tool developed by Dairy Australia that people can use. So if we look at the um, last four years of your business, how has it improved and, and what are some of the things that have driven this improvement? Essentially what we've focused on is how do we optimise the resources that are available to us? Um, and so with the farm size we have now, what's the optimal operating position for us to be in to obviously maximise profit and, and also control risk? And one of the beauties of the dairy industry is you can actually, you have the opportunity to achieve both at the same time, which is fairly unique. So how we start with that is getting our big settings right of what are we feeding the cows when are we calving the cows? How many cows should we be milking? And, and at what times of the year? So what we did was try to align all of those things with our natural resources of grass production. And all that's resulted in a better alignment up and down in terms of where we're positioned. So in terms of results, you know, we've had a massive increase in, in EBIT over the over the four years from, you know, about a dollar to somewhere in the $3.50 range, which, um, and, and that, those results didn't just happen overnight. It was, it was a you know, culmination of successive decisions that were made and, and we sort of saw some, we actually saw some exponential growth where at first you didn't think, things like changing the carving pattern to suit our product, past production or you know, changing our fertiliser schemes and, and implementing things like rotation right Initially, you think they're not necessarily, it's not obvious to you that it, it's making an impact and then all of a sudden they start adding up on top of one another and, and one plus one starts equaling three and four rather than two and a half. So, yeah, so that's essentially where we've been over the four years and, and, and how we've done that is we've increased our uh, pasture production. We've gone up to about seven tonnes of dry matter per hectare and, and we are a dry land farm and, and that's been in some pretty challenging conditions as well. So even though that's lower than where we think we could be, you know, given the climatic conditions that we faced in the last few years, it's it's not a bad result. And so um, that has meant we've we've milked a few more cows, like our stocking rates increased uh, and, and we've actually increased the proportion of grazed pasture in the diet, uh, which has lowered our uh, cost of production whilst maintaining production and has actually increased our per cow efficiency up to close to 100%. So in terms of kilos of solids produced relative to live weight of the cows. So you can't really look at it as one measure as the be all and end all. It's, it's really alignment of all the key measurements. And so what that allows for, and, and we saw this in the last four years in particular, is our cost of purchase feed went through the roof relative to, you know, historical averages, let's say. But because we had alignment in other sections of our business, we could weather that. So, pardon the pun there. But what that meant was that, you know, if you have all of those measurements out of whack or out of a line, you can be vulnerable. So if we can line as many of those key profit drivers up, then if one is out of whack, you can lean on the others to get you through. So and I think we saw that time and time again over the last four years that, you know, it, it, we never really got all the planets lining up, which is, is wishful thinking in the dairy industry to get all your planets lined up in one go. So you really just want to get as many as possible, as close as possible. And that'll give you the best chance of getting a good outcome at the end, which we saw, you know, firsthand and we were very fortunate to 
to experience that and it's really set us up uh, now moving forward to have the confidence that that was that they really do drive profit on our farm. Yeah, no, that's a, a fantastic summary of, of what has sort of happened over that four-year period. And I think, you know, you've said you're now sort of utilising seven tonnes of dry matter per hectare on the milking area. And that's, you know, that's an increase of about two tonne of dry matter uh, over that four-year period, which is, as you say, in really tough conditions on a, on a dry land farm. So that, those are one wonderful results. Uh, you're increasing your uh, per cow production of, of solids, you know, from around 480 up to, well, nearly 100 kilos of milk solids over that two years per cow, which is, uh, as you say, increased your cow efficiency. And I think that the feed costs, gosh, uh, they have been a really couple of tough years the last, the last few, and your total feed costs went from around $2.80 to up to $4 per kilo milk solids. And as you say, you know, purchase feed was incredibly expensive uh, towards the end of the drought and, and the shortage of feed available and, you know, sort of averaging around just for concentrates alone, you know, probably averaging over those last two years of about $540 per tonne of dry matter, which is uh, let's hope we don't see those numbers again in a hurry. So I guess, you know, the operating profit or our EBIT has improved dramatically and for you and and Libby in your farm that is invaluable as you say you know you can there's I guess two components to your business performance is that operating profit but also growing your wealth over time and I think we can see that you're doing that quite successfully the return to you in the business has improved dramatically over the last few years despite all the challenges and I guess it's the um you know, it's the the ability to look back and see how you've done that, and that then helps uh, set the direction for where you go in the future. Are there any other benefits that you see for farmers uh, to be, you know, involved with the dairy farm monitor project? Are there, you know, would you encourage others to get on board? Uh, I definitely encourage others to get on board. I think that it's really just like a business health checkup. I, I guess it would be a good way to describe it in that it's sort of you stop and assess where you're at because anyone who's been on a dairy farm will know that it's just so easy to get bogged down in the day-to-day operation of the farm without you know stopping and taking a breath and saying, well, firstly, you know, let's pat ourselves on the back for things that we've done well. And then also let's look around and and just stop and let's make some strategic decisions that might help us improve things going forward that we can focus on. And unless you have a sort of a break in the daily grind of farming, those things are hard to do. And and, and so I I think the Dairy Farm Monitor Project helps helps you or provides you with that sort of, that sort of, um, you know, here's an assessment of where we're at and so it gives you something to then build off moving forward and and obviously looking at when we get the the final results become public looking at what the top performing farms have done is really a blueprint to success because the beauty of it is it works in reverse to most other things it looks at results and then works back to what actually happened on the farm in that year to produce those results as whereas most other 
you know, analysis that, or, or business analysis will say this is what you should do and these will be your outcomes. But that's not, we know in practice that that's not always the case, as whereas the dairy farm monitor works back from that and says this was the outcome and um, this is how it was achieved. And, and essentially for other farmers looking at that data, it's a really good way of not reinventing the wheel because most things that other people are doing and it's just a matter of assessing what's appropriate or what things you can draw out of that and, and implement on your farm or what's appropriate to your farm or what or what's relevant and what's what may not be relevant in some cases as well so yeah i'd certainly encourage everyone they could to get involved in it because it's incredibly valuable information not just on an individual farm level but from an industry point of view as well Yes, thanks, Justin. And I guess, you know, it is important if you uh, want to do this kind of analysis that, you know, you do need good records, you do need good financial and physical records to get good uh, information. And, you know, things like your, your physical records, sometimes that can be a bit of a challenge with livestock numbers across the year and obviously feed inventory silage or hay that might be used throughout the year but is left in reserve at the end of the year because that all impacts on your your cost of production and wealth as well sitting on your balance sheet. One of the things that the DFMP data has provided us with is a really good resource to use uh, when dealing with like external, so let's say banks or accountants. So uh, it's given us the, the data to fall back on when, you know, if we're looking for funding or applying for funding or talking to accountants and things like that or financial planning that um, the Dairy Farm Monitor data has been incredibly useful for us to not only uh, make it sound like we know what we're talking about, but also gives very useful information to anyone that we're dealing with outside the farm as well to give them a better understanding of our business and how we're performing. Yeah, and I think that is really important. It makes that conversation with those external parties much easier and you know, it's at your fingertips. You can have that conversation straight away, uh, which is invaluable. Now, I think, uh, look, thank you very much for that, Justin. I do just want to mention uh, your your journey in the dairy industry is still going ahead in leaps and bounds. You are now a co-facilitator of the New South Wales Focus Farm down in Bega, which is uh, under the steam of, of Dairy New South Wales. Uh, can you just uh, and it's only early days with the with the Focus Farm. Would you just give us a brief introduction to the Focus Farm um, so we can yeah flag it with listeners? Yes, thanks, Shana. So this um, the well the current Focus Farmers are Kevin and Brody Game from down at uh, they're farming at Bemboka. I'm fortunate enough to get uh, myself and Phil Shannon uh, mentoring me in the role of Focus Farm facilitator which is an unbelievable privilege that I've been given and, and certainly do our best given the situation to have a fantastic outcome for Kevin and Brody and as well as the wider industry. And we've had our first meeting a few weeks ago and a second meeting is coming up. And the first meeting was really an introductory meeting for everyone to get to know each other and, and we'll start getting into the nitty-gritty uh, from probably the second meeting on and there'll be some updates coming up and I'd suggest people who are interested to keep an eye out on the Dairy New South Wales publications and, and social media and then at some point in the sort of nearish future there'll be an open day that, that the public or the wider industry will be 
certainly encouraged to attend to, to um, ask questions and, and see where we're starting from and what we've identified as some key goals that Kevin and Brody want to focus on over the coming sort of 18 months or two years as the program you know, progresses through that journey. Thanks, Justin. Um, I really look forward to, to following that journey. I think Focus Farms are a fantastic opportunity, both for the, as you say, for the, the, the farmers themselves, but also the broader industry. So we'll look, look forward to following their two-year journey. And thank you very much uh, for speaking with us today. Uh, you, as always, provide some clear information. You can talk about your business really articulately, and uh, it's always good to see how the business is going and following your journey. So thanks for your time today. Thank you very much, Shane. It's been good. Thank you for listening to this month's The Business of Dairy podcast, produced by the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries Dairy Business Advisory Unit. This series is also brought to you with funding and support from the Hunter Local Land Services. If you would like to get involved with the New South Wales Dairy Farm Monitor Project, please get in touch with me, Sheena Carter. If you're interested in understanding more about farm business analysis, again, please get in touch or reach out to Dairy Australia or your regional development program as they offer great courses and resources in this area. This month's show notes contain a full transcript and resources mentioned throughout this podcast, including links to the New South Wales Dairy Farm Monitor Report, the Tokale Dairy Monthly Business Report, and Justin Walsh's DRF Symposium presentation from last year. We'd love you to share this podcast with your networks and feel free to send any feedback or suggestions for future episodes to thebusinessofdairy at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to our New South Wales DPI Dairy Facebook and DPI Livestock Twitter feed and view or subscribe to our quarterly DPI Dairy newsletter using the links provided.